Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the August 5th episode of the podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at number 1739 through 1742 of the Catechism. 2. Human freedom in the economy of salvation. 1739. Freedom and sin. Man's freedom is limited and fallible. In fact, man failed. He freely sinned by refusing God's plan of love. He deceived himself and became a slave to sin. This first alienation engendered a multitude of others. From its outset, human history attests the wretchedness and oppression born of the human heart in consequence of the abuse of freedom. 1740. Threats to freedom. The exercise of freedom does not imply a right to say or do everything. It is false to maintain that man, the subject of this freedom, is an individual who is fully self-sufficient and whose finality is the satisfaction of his own interests in the enjoyment of earthly goods. Moreover, the economic, social, political and cultural conditions that are needed for a just exercise of freedom are too often disregarded or violated. Such situations of blindness and injustice injure the moral life and involve the strong as well as the weak in the temptation to sin against charity. By deviating from the moral law, man violates his own freedom and becomes imprisoned within himself, disrupts neighbourly fellowship and rebels against divine truth. 1741. Liberation and salvation by his glorious cross, Christ has won salvation for all men. He redeemed them from the sin that held them bondage. For freedom, Christ has set us free. In him we have communion with the truth that makes us free. The Holy Spirit has been given to us. And, as the Apostle teaches, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Already we glory in the liberty of the children of God. 1742. Freedom and grace. The grace of Christ is not, in the slightest way, a rival of our freedom. When this freedom accords with the sense of the true and the good that God has put in the human heart. On the contrary, as Christian experience attests, especially in prayer, the more docile we are to the promptings of grace, the more we grow in inner freedom and confidence during trials, such as those we face in the pressures and constraints of the outer world. By the working of grace, the Holy Spirit educates us in spiritual freedom in order to make us free collaborators in his work in the church and in the world. Almighty and merciful God, graciously keep us from all keep from us all adversity, so that unhindered in mind and body alike we may pursue in freedom of heart the things that are yours. Okay, so we are finishing this section on freedom, and um, I suppose to say that our freedom is not freedom to do whatever the hell I want. This idea that is there that by fulfilling my every uh, desire that I'll be happy. I mean, obviously, if I desire something, I think I'll be happy with it. But many times what we want doesn't make us happy. That many times we want what harms us. I mean, the classic example is a child who's looking at a a burning coal. The child thinks that the coal is something beautiful, something lovely. It's uh, 
the coal that's burning is um, is bright. It's got uh, interesting colours. It makes a crackling sound. It's very attractive. But I tell you, if the child puts his hand in the fire and takes out the coal, he'll soon discover that it isn't nice. And for the rest of us who aren't children anymore, sometimes we're as if we were children. We're childish rather than being childlike. And that we go and we do uh, stupid things. We want stupid things. Things that harm us, things that damage us. That we want sins. Sometimes we want to sin. And it's not that, oh, I can do this and it'll make me, uh, it'll make me happy. It's not, no, no. That our happiness is not from doing what I want. But our happiness comes from being free and doing the will of God. Sometimes we want to do the will of God, sometimes we don't want to do it. But God is there to help us, to illuminate our conscience, to allow us to follow him. So that by following him we can be happy. So that by following him we can find this joy, this joy, this Christian joy, that we can become like Christ. And so not simply to be um, pulled, slave to our passions, slave to our fancies, slave to whatever the fashion is today, but truly to follow Jesus Christ and to see that in following him, I will be happy. And following him, I will find uh, I will find his goodness, I will find his love, I will find his mercy. And that this is what makes me free, that I'm not obliged to do the things that uh, are attractive. I'm not obliged to go after everything that glitters, but that I can be truly free in following Jesus Christ and finding the true beauty in him. So we continue with the in brief section, 1743. God willed that man should be left in the hand of his own counsel so that he might of his own accord seek his creator and freely attain his full and blessed perfection by cleaving to him. 1744. Freedom is the power to act or not to act and so to perform deliberate acts of one's own. Freedom attains perfection in its acts when it is directed towards God the sovereign good. 1745. Freedom characterises properly human acts. It makes the human being responsible for acts of which he is the voluntary agent. He deliberate, his deliberate acts properly belong to him. 1746. The imputability or responsibility for an action can be diminished or nullified by ignorance, duress, fear or other psychological or social factors. 1747. The right to the exercise of freedom, especially in religious and moral matters, is an inalienable requirement of the dignity of man. But the exercise of freedom does not entail the putative right to say or do anything. 1748. For freedom, Christ has set us free. So very well. Um, tomorrow we'll continue and tomorrow we'll be looking at 1749 through 1753. God bless.